0: You are listening to an audio sermon from Harvest Bible Chapel, York Region. For more information, visit harvestyorkregion.ca. I trust you have your Bibles this morning. Let's take them and turn to uh, Psalm 23. Uh, You've just heard it, and I trust you've been uh, contemplating, thinking about it, preparing your heart to hear from God's Word. Take a look at a message today uh, entitled, I Shall Not Want. As I think about this psalm, I, a lot of things come to mind. And when you think about this psalm, there's probably times you can remember when uh, somebody read it. Um, maybe you had to learn it as a child at your church. Um, or maybe somebody came to visit you when you were in the hospital. Or you went to visit someone in the hospital and you wanted to have a word of encouragement for them. And, and so you read the 23rd psalm. Um, perhaps you were at a funeral and, um, and somebody read the 23rd psalm. 23rd Psalm is one of the most famous uh, sections in all of scripture. There are not many people in the world who have not heard it at some point. And for the summer, we're going to take it apart and uh, we're going to try and understand what uh, the writer was writing as he was um, pouring out his heart and some things that were uh, just laid on him and were encouraging him and blessing him. And perhaps he was remembering the challenges that uh, he had faced in his life. And he gives us this beautiful, beautiful psalm, Psalm 23. But it's not a passive psalm. It's not just a, a feel-good, uh, God is with us. It. It's, a, it's a very strong psalm as well. Uh, some of the words that he says is the Lord is. The Lord is. He makes me. He leads me. He restores me. He leads me. Those aren't, those aren't passive words. Those are, are God-in-control words. So, Psalm 23, God in control. I trust you have your Bibles open. Now, let's stand together. I want to read it again for us. I trust that by the end of the summer, we will all have it down. And uh, maybe we'll just be saying it together instead of reading it uh, from God's Word. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, He leads me beside still waters. shall follow me all the days of my life, and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this amazing passage of Scripture. It's been a comfort to millions of people. It's been an encouragement and a help in a time of struggle and a time of trouble. It's an amazing picture of you, almighty God, and your care for us. It is so much, and we have so much to learn from it. So, Lord, would you give us ears this morning to hear from your word? Would you give us minds to understand what your word is saying? And then, God, would you take those things and give us hearts to live these things out in our lives? Not to us, but for your glory. Father, would your spirit work in this place and do a work that the only way we can explain it is, God, you did it. We ask these things because of the finished work of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Thank you. You can uh, take your seats. So when the 23rd Psalm was actually written, isn't really known, but most people believe it was written towards the end of David's reign. And uh, David is thinking and remembering and kind of trying to put it all together and he writes a psalm. He remembered the time when he was a shepherd and he remembered the responsibilities of being a shepherd. And, and then he talks about the banqueting table and talks about through the journey of life and how God takes us through those things. And, and so he's writing this all down and when it happened in his life really doesn't matter, but it's an amazing piece of work as we consider what he understood about God and how God was in control. And today we're just looking at verse number one. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. First thing I want us to see is one God. One God, and he is the Lord. Over in Mark chapter 12, uh, 28 uh, to 30, the Bible says, And one of the scribes came up and heard them disputing with one another, and seeing that he answered them well, asked him, Which commandment is the most important of all? And Jesus answered, The most important is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one, is one. The first word in the psalm is the, the Lord. Our God is not a God. He's not part of a, you find the right path and you make yourself, you make your way to God and and we'll all end up getting there in the end. It's not like that. Jesus said in John fourteen six, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. David understood. There is one God, the Lord. And so when you're talking to your friends and talking to your neighbors, and they say, no, no, it's good that you're on a path, and we're all on a path. There's a way that seems right unto man, but the ends thereof are the ways of death the Lord, there is one God. There are lots of ways that people get introduced to Jesus Christ, but there's only one way to God, and that is through Jesus Christ. And so the psalmist starts out and he says, the, the. Next word is the Lord. The word is Jehovah the definition, it's a proper name for God. It's in the Hebrew used 6,800 times in the Bible. It is like the biggest, most powerful, most awesome Yahweh word for God. And yet, he's the God who says, you call me father. Our father who art in heaven. God, the one who is the creator of all. God, the one who keeps it all from flying apart, who is the sustainer of all of it. God, who is the one who, in spite of our sinfulness and our wretchedness and our despising of him and not seeking after him, God, who loved us, God who showed mercy to us in not pouring out his wrath on us if we know him that we deserve. God who demonstrated his grace for us and that he gave his his son the Lord Jesus Christ that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life And, and so the mercy not getting all that I deserve and the grace all getting all those things that I do not deserve and the Lord... He is the Lord, the sustainer, the creator, holy God, a just God, a loving God, a merciful God. You know, I really believe in the 23rd Psalm, the first sentence is really the whole thing. And the rest of it is just the description of the whole thing. The Lord is my shepherd. That's it. That's the whole thing. The rest of it explains that sentence. And so we start out with one God, the Lord. The second half of that line is, the Lord is my shepherd. Again, let's just take the words apart. The Lord is my shepherd. He is. Not the Lord might be or I hope so. There's no if and or but about this. As, as David is writing this Psalm, the amazing confidence that he has is this Almighty God, the only God is my shepherd. Do you have that kind of confidence today? Do you have that kind of hope and understanding that, first of all, that God is and that he is your shepherd? The Lord is my shepherd. Those are sweet words. Is. To realize a relationship that you can have with God Almighty. The Lord is. The Lord is what? The Lord is my. The Lord is my shepherd. It's very personal. He doesn't say the Lord is the shepherd of the world at large. No, the Lord cares for me. He watches over me. He preserves me. And the words are also in the present tense. The Lord is my shepherd. Not in the reality also that it's like a done deal. We're gonna to come to what that meant in salvation to how do we know the Lord is your shepherd, but it's also a present tense thing. Every day, there I go wandering around doing my stuff and the Lord continues to be my shepherd with the rod and the staff and moving me along and giving me going in the right direction because the Lord is The Lord is, the Lord is what? The Lord is my shepherd. What an amazing picture of Almighty God. The awesome one, the creator of the world, the sustainer of everything. The one who offers us grace and provides mercy for us and he is what? He's my shepherd, He cares that much about me. He knows every hair that's on this balding head. He knows everything about me. And yet, He is my shepherd. That God would come from the throne, all that He offers, all that He is, and picture Himself as a shepherd. It's an amazing truth. It's an amazing truth. Uh, the idea of being a shepherd infers that I am a sheep, and uh, sheep were an object of property. They're not a wild animal. It was owned. It had it value. It was uh, bought with a price. There's some things about sheep, though, you need to understand. I think we have a picture of a sheep. Um, well, not really a sheep, but a sheep's skull. Notice something about a sheep's skull. Notice the size of the eye socket and notice the size of the brain capacity. Aren't you like a sheep sometimes? I'm not talking about your brain capacity. I'm talking about your ability to see and wander and Sheep have um, great big eyes. And they don't have great big brains and they tend to um, stay in flocks. They're not on their own. They're going to come back and see some of those things about them, And, and as I saw that picture this week, I couldn't help but think of myself sometimes, and how much I'm prone to see the things that are around, how big my eyes are for everything that this world seems to offer us, and all of the things that I think that I want, and Sheep are like that. Isaiah fifty three six says, "All we like sheep have gone astray." Why? Well, because our eyes are bigger than our brains. Sometimes we find ourselves prone to wander around. So, let's sing some things about sheep. Um, we get rid of that picture because that's just ugly. And um, sheep aren't very bright. The grass always looks greener on the other side of the fence for them. Uh, They're always um, wandering around. Their head is always down and they're just kind of following wherever everybody else is going. And they're never really satisfied. They're prone to follow. Kind of like we're prone to follow. Follow. Well, I like what that guy offers or I like what that thing offers or I like what the possibilities are in that. And, and instead of uh, having our eyes up on the Lord Jesus Christ and where they should be, our, our eyes are on the things and they're so prone to wander. Just like I said from Isaiah 53, uh, 6, all we like sheep, we go astray. He turned every one of us to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him, the Lord Jesus Christ, the iniquity of us all. They are not that bright. They wander. They're prone to follow whatever the next thing is that goes along. And if you keep finding yourself following, following, following uh, things that are not of the Lord Jesus Christ, just ask yourself, have I just kind of become a dumb sheep? Are my eyes too big, and, and my brain's not set on the Lord They're defenseless. They don't really have any defense. The shepherd has to take care of them. And they're stubborn. They want what they want. And they wander off and they get lost as a result. And yet I don't have to look too far back in my own life. And you probably don't have to look back too far in your life where you didn't want what the shepherd wanted for you either. And you found yourself wandering and graciously God brought you back. That's what sheep are like. But the text says, The Lord is my shepherd. It's the, the word from Jehovah Rahi. Jehovah Rahi is the Lord is my shepherd. Isaiah forty, eleven says, He will tend his flock like a shepherd, he will gather the lambs in his arms, he will carry them in his bosom, and gently lead those that are with young. The amazing reality is the Lord is my shepherd. We have a shepherd. Jesus said in Mark six thirty four, when he went ashore, he saw a great crowd and he had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. First Peter 5, 4 says, and when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. Every one of us, Every one of us, as a follower of Jesus Christ, has a shepherd, and his name is Jesus. And when the chief shepherd appears, you'll receive an unfading crown of glory. We're so looking at what's going on in this world and what we get out of these 70 or so years that God allows us to have on this earth. Hey, lift your eyes up. The chief shepherd is coming with an unfading crown of glory. What's coming is so much better than what we have here. What's coming is so much better than the things that your big eyes are going after right now. The Lord is my shepherd. David knew what he was talking about. Turn in your Bibles back to 1 Samuel chapter 17. 1 Samuel chapter 17. If you haven't read the story of David and Goliath, these might be pages that stick together. That's okay. Pull them apart and let's look and see what it says. 1 Samuel chapter 17. This is a David before Saul, uh, before he goes out to fight against Goliath. Understanding what he says here is the reality of what he knew as he's writing Psalm 23. 1 Samuel 17, 34 says, but David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and I struck him and I delivered it out of his mouth. And if he rose up against me, I caught him by his beard and I struck him and I I killed him. There's some qualities that we understand that, that shepherds had. The shepherd had a job to protect the sheep. That was his job. His job was one to protect. And David could remember the time he had to go out against the young lion or against the bear and and bring back the little lamb. Because that's what shepherds did. They protected the sheep. The shepherd was responsible to care for the sheep. To make sure that... um, Their needs were being met when one got hurt to help it. They were were overwhelmed with the care of the sheep. That was their one job, care for them by protecting them. You could care for them by meeting their needs, by finding water and food for them and making sure they were fed. You were taking care of the sheep by being available for them. Shepherds weren't just available from nine to five. It was a 24-7 job. Because the enemy could come. The the bear or the lion could come at any time. And so they to always be alert and always be ready. And the Lord is my shepherd. He protects me. He cares for me. He provides for me. Here's what Jesus said in John chapter 10, verse 11. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. And John 10, later on in verses 27 and 20, 28, he said, my sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. I give them eternal life and they will never perish and no one will snatch them out of my hand. No spiritual lion, no spiritual bear is coming and snatching you from the good shepherd. What a great hope we have. What a a great confidence that we have. And so Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. So here's a question for you Are you one of his sheep? Are you one of his sheep? He says, I give them eternal life. Are you one of his sheep? Have you come to the place of understanding that the good shepherd laid down his life for you? That the Lord Jesus Christ came, died on a cross, so that you could have eternal life. The wages of your sinfulness and your separation from God is death, eternal death, separation from God. But the gift of God in Jesus Christ is eternal life. It's a gift of grace. For by grace are you saved through faith. It's not of yourself. You didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. It's a gift of God so that no one can ever boast about the gift. And believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. It's not based on your works. It's not based on what you can accomplish. It's not based on what you do. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The good shepherd is the giver of eternal life. And the question today is, Is he your shepherd? Have you put your faith in Jesus Christ alone for your salvation? If you haven't, you can do that right where you sit. Simple faith in Christ alone. All that he's accomplished is a gift for you. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You'll be saved. Well, here's another voice, another question. Do you hear God's voice? Do you hear God's voice? That would begin in his um, work in you that would bring you to salvation. But after salvation, hey, church, are you hearing from God? Have you heard from God recently? What's the last thing God told you to do? Do you hear from God? You're like, well, is that getting a little mystical? Well, have you taken the time this week to open up his word? He gave us his word. We have it. All that he wanted for us is right here. And are you hearing from God? Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path, Psalm 119, 105 says. When was the last time God spoke to you through his word? Because I believe that's the primary way that God speaks today. You don't need to be going out and wondering, oh, what's the Lord saying? Oh, the Lord told me. I'm so intrigued by what the Lord tells people that's not in the Bible. As a matter of fact, he tells them stuff that goes against what the Bible says. I hate to tell you this, actually, I'm glad to tell you this. That's not God speaking to you. God never contradicts himself. He will never tell you to do something that is the word says to do something different. That's not God speaking. Uh, That could be the evil one speaking to you, or it could be your own selfishness wanting what it wants. But God speaks to us, and primarily he does it through his revealed word. And so when I say to you, when was the last time God spoke to you, and you can't remember anything this year, you probably need to get in God's word. Because you open his word, and he will speak. God speaks through his word. God also speaks through multitude of good and wise and Godly people who surround us. Uh, Proverbs eleven fourteen says, where, there's, "Where there is no guidance, a people falls. But in an abundance of counselors, there is safety." I love the reality of small groups in our church. If you're not in a small group, you're missing out on a place not only of accountability and encouragement about but about direction and help and the things of life and having people around you who can support you and in, encourage you. God speaks. And God speaks when we're on our knees crying out to him. When we've found his word and we've read it and we're not sure what to do and we just spend some time before him in some stillness and in some quiet and allow him to speak. Jesus said, my sheep, hear my voice. Not my sheep might hear my voice or I might come to them or you know, if they do well today, I might you know, give them a little star to on, put on their little chart. No, my sheep hear my voice because the good shepherd is always available. He's always speaking and he's always seeking to guide and he's always directing us. And if you're not hearing from God, you're either not saved, which is possible, You need to believe on the Lord and be saved today. You're not in his word where there's sin. Pride will keep you from hearing the voice of the shepherd. When you want what you want more than you want what God wants, the volume of what you want will just overwhelm what the shepherd would be trying to say to you. So Jesus says, my sheep hear my voice. And then he goes on and he says, and they follow me. And they follow me. Sheep left on their own are not going to end up in a good place. They're going to end up in the rocky crevice. They're going to end up in a ditch. They're going to end up uh, walking into the fast-moving river. They're gonna, Whatever they're going to do, it's not going to be a good end for them. Sheep need to follow the shepherd. Now, we so live in a world that's all about, no, no, I want what I want. And I am control. And I am my God. I, I control my own destiny and yeah, that's just not what the Bible's about. The Bible's all about we're just sheep, and He is the shepherd. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me, and they follow me. Following, starting in salvation, we've already talked about that, following going on in the areas in our life about um, here's why not about repentance. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. Sheep going in the wrong direction, and the, the uh, shepherd needs to take the hook of the staff and grab it around the neck and kind of turn it around, get it going in the right way, or take the other end, be bumping it on the hip so that it's moving in the right direction, and because we're prone to go the wrong way all of the time, everybody in the room, so don't think, well, well how come he's picking on me today? No, no, we're all like that. I'm like that too, and the shepherd needs to come along, and he needs to fix me sometimes, and And we call it repentance. We call it turning and going in the right direction or a new direction. But the problem with sheep is they never really change their mind about things. They're just prone to wander. And we're called to change our mind about things. And the things that we're prone to wander in, to think differently about that. And that thing that you wanted five years ago that didn't honor the Lord, do you still want it today? You've never repented you might have turned away from it a few times, but you still want that thing. My sheep hear my voice. And they follow me. Repentance. What is the uh, sin in your life? What is the habits that you have? What is the thing that you want? And you've never changed your mind about it. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. How about in the area of obedience? Got something from God's word that um, you've read it, and you know you need to do, and you haven't done it yet. Someone you need to go and talk to. Someone you need to get things right with. Something that you just need to do to be faithful to God in an area of your life. It might be a little thing, it might be a massive thing, but you're not obedient to the shepherd. My sheep hear my voice, and they follow me. Jesus said. So, what's the area of obedience in your life, and you're resistant, and you're resistant, and you're resistant, and you're like that sheep who just keeps wandering off, and the Lord keeps bringing it back to you, and you won't deal with it. Come under the shepherd. You wonder why God feels like he's a long way away. You wonder why your prayers aren't being answered. You wonder why my sheep hear my voice and they follow me. The shepherd's calling to you of something in obedience in your life and you know what it is. I, I don't know what it is. You know what it is. And why aren't you doing it? God said it. It's clear. It's not even, you know you should do it. Last night we had a baptism. Someone who wrestled with the whole area, and really got nervous, and then did an amazing job in her testimony, but baptism is all about identifying with a shepherd. It's all about, yeah, I'm in that flock. He is my shepherd. Baptism is all about the identification with the Lord Jesus Christ. We identify through the death, the burial, the resurrection, a picture in the baptism, and but it's also about obedience. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. I'm not making this stuff up, it comes right from God's word. They that gladly received his word were baptized. Go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So, just in case you thought I was making that part up, there it is, there's the scriptures. But it might not be baptism for you. It might be something else. My sheep hear my voice and they follow me. The Lord is my shepherd. Here's the next part of the verse. I shall not want. This is a God, the provider. Um, It's Jehovah Jireh. Jehovah Jireh literally means the Lord is my provider. I shall not want what does it not mean today? Here it is. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Therefore, I'm going to have everything I want in life. Everything. Because he said, I shall not want. And so if I want a big house, I'll have a big house. If I want a big car, I'll have a big car. If I want to have a, a nice cottage on the lake with a nice jet boat and a Because the Lord's not going to leave me in any want. I shall not want. Um, That's not what it means. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Does not mean you will always have good health, you will always be wealthy, you will always be happy. It doesn't mean that. Hardship and life are guaranteed, the Bible says. Take a look at 1 Peter and you see suffering that's there and it's going to come. It's not a question of if it's going to come. It's a question of when it's going to come. Uh, Men in the Bible like Job who had it all and lost it all. I shall not want is not easy believism. It's not prosperity gospel. It's not name it and claim it and it's yours. That's not what it is. The Bible's filled with illustrations of people who gave it all to the Lord and didn't get it all. Paul surrendered his life to the Lord Jesus Christ and spent most of the rest of his life in prison. Now, if there's a guy who probably had enough faith for prosperity, it would have been Paul. I shall not want. It begs the question then. I shall not want what? I shall not want what? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Well, how about starting with this? I shall not want another shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't want another shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't want to follow after anything else. The Lord is my shepherd. I want God Almighty to be my priority. I want my eyes to be fixed on him. I want him to be first. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want another shepherd. Another shepherd is really anything in your life that's guiding you and directing you and and giving you some sense of purpose and direction. Um, God, with your help, as best I can, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want another shepherd. Here's another one. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not get caught up in what another shepherd offers to me. Whether that shepherd would be things like fame and fortune and power or pleasure, whatever you find yourself worshipping, whatever puts uh, whatever gets between you and your relationship with God. I don't Lord, I don't want those things. I want what you want. I want your priorities to become my priorities. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I don't want another shepherd and I don't want what another shepherd can provide for me. You are God, I want what you have for me. Well, what do shepherds provide? What are shepherds providing for us? The things that will help us to not want. Kind of going back and pulling some things out of what we've already talked about. Shepherds give direction, and shepherds give security, and shepherds give provision. Uh, shepherds give uh, someone to follow after. And the Lord is my shepherd. He gives me direction, he gives me security, he gives me provision, he gives me the one who I want to follow after. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I could give you illustrations in our lives of all of those things. God leading, directing us. You've heard the story, God directing us to come here. And that was the good shepherd leading us. I I think of some things that God's provided for us in in our ministry lives. And we made some commitments to go out and and, and be faithful to God and to serve him. And uh, one time in my life, this would now be about 25 years ago probably, um, I was working in a ministry, and I had to raise my own support, and all the rest of it, and I'd leased a car, which seemed like a good idea at the time, until I got to the end of the lease, and the penalty on the lease was $8,000, because I had so many miles on the car, and the buyout was $5,000 on the car. So, you, know, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to figure out what you're going to do, um, And I went and I talked to uh, one of my donors. I had to do that, go along and meet with them all and let them know how the ministry was going. And I was talking to him and just going through the whole thing. And he started asking me some questions about how we were doing and all the rest. And anything else, I go, well, I got my car and I'm gonna have to deal with that. I'm just gonna buy it out. I got this problem, 8,000, 5,000. I'm I'm just gonna buy it out. And and we went along and finished up the story. I was was really giving him a ministry report. He was a faithful, faithful supporter. And uh, we're done and I've prayed and, I thanked him for his time, and I get up, and he goes, where are you going? And I go, no, no, I thank you for your time. It's been amazing just to let you in. He goes, no, no, I got to get you a check. And I go, well, what for? For your car. I could have fallen on the floor. So now I'm telling him, well, no, no, you can't. It's not a gift. Like You can't get a receipt. This, the car is my response. I, go, I don't care. You have a need. And he goes to the accountant department, and uh, they, I come out with a check for $5,000 to me to pay for my car. Because the shepherd was taking care of us. When we moved up to Muskoka, we wanted to put our kids in the Christian school. We believed it was the right thing to do. It was going to be a struggle to do it, but we'd kind of figured out how we were going to do it. And I don't know how they found out, but somebody told somebody something. And uh, a family came up to us and said, "Um, this year's schooling for your kids, we're paying for the whole thing. It doesn't always work like that. But we've seen God's provision. We've seen what God can do. We didn't ask for it. I didn't deserve it. And God poured it out on us. I shall not want another shepherd. I shall not want what another shepherd provides because the good shepherd who laid down his life for the sheep, he's the one who cares for me. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Philippians 4, 19, and my God will supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want because everything I need comes from Christ. The Lord is my shepherd, I do not want what another shepherd can offer to me. Now, you need to know I'm not perfect at that part. I get caught up in those things like everybody else does. But is that your heart cry? Is that your desire? That the Lord is on the throne. He is the shepherd. He is the king in your life. One more passage. Turning your Bibles over to Philippians chapter four. Philippians chapter four. Paul understood this. He understood Philippians 4 is really kind of like a donor's letter. He's thanking the church for all that they had done. And here's what he says in Philippians 4, 10 to 13. He says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned, ready? For I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low and I know how to abound in Any and every circumstance I have learned the secret of facing plenty and hungry, abundance and need. Here it is. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Well, so what? So what? The Lord, God Almighty. The only answer to the world's need is my shepherd. And if you are in Christ, he is your shepherd. And if you're not in Christ, today is the day of salvation. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want I don't want another shepherd. I don't want what another shepherd provides. Because I want what God has for me. Because the shepherd is coming back. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive an unfading crown of glory. Let's pray. Lord God, this is your word, and we thank you for it. We thank you for the provision of a good shepherd, one God who reaches out to us in our sinfulness, in our emptiness, in our lack of hope, one who reaches out to us when we had nothing to offer, one who laid down his life for us. The Lord is my shepherd. God, when we have that foundation right, why would we want anything else? And yet we're prone to wander, God. As we come to you in our sinfulness, forgive us. As we come and confess, restore us. As we come seeking to grow up in the Lord Jesus Christ, guide and direct us as the good shepherd. Because this is not for us. This is for you and for your glory. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Lord, teach me that more today, more this week, more in the days to come than I've ever understood before. You are a good shepherd. You truly are God in control. Pray these things in Jesus' name.